Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome to a very special and quick episode of The Command Zone. Today, we're revealing our exclusive Guilds of Ravnica preview card. I want to say, legally, we are supposed to mention that Wizards of the Coast has provided us with this card free of charge. They did not charge us for our preview card, so that's nice of them. Um, Plus, it just so happens that our preview card is one of the commanders that was built around for the next episode of Game Nights. So on September 26th, that episode's going to come out, and we're going to be playing with four commander decks built around new legendary creatures from Guilds of Ravnica. And our preview card is one of those. And in fact, I have on the line, as a special guest for this episode, the person who built this deck and will be playing it on that episode of Game Nights, I have the magic cosplayer, Olivia Gobert-Hicks. Yay! Hi! So happy to be here. Hi, Olivia. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. It's funny because um, when we had you on Game Nights and we went through the whole rigmarole to, um, <laughs> ha- you know, you got to choose between all the legendary creatures which one you wanted to build. We didn't know that Etrata was going to be our preview card. I know. It's awesome. So this is pretty exciting. And you've already built the deck and mm-hmm. played it a few times. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, Olivia, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, your role in the magic community and where people may recognize you from? Yeah, um, I've been going to a lot of GPs recently. Uh, they, oh my goodness, like too many to list. <laughs> um, been cosplaying as Liliana, as Brea, as Tessa. I uh, have a couple more in the works that are pretty exciting. So exciting. I'll keep those a secret for now. Yes, I feel Um, like every time I see on Twitter, you're at another GP. It's like you must be in the airport constantly. I think I have five more this year that I'm going to because I don't always make great decisions. So here we go. (laughs) Five more this year? You know, it's like like the middle of September, right? The year's almost over. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you are ambitious. I, I can I can appreciate That's that. I gotta say I gotta say your Tesa is freaking sweet. So Thank if you, you. if anybody out there to... has oh, been at ahead. a GP, yeah. um, if they've seen an awesome Tesa, it's probably you. Oh, thank you. I'm excited for the new art for the next set. So I'm Do really you have something you don't have to say what, but do you have something kind of picked out from the new set that you're thinking about, you know, um, building? Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Another thing I wanted to talk about really quick here, Olivia, is that you actually 
I don't know what the term is. You're like a jewel crafter. You like, <laughs> yeah. W what's the professional real term for that? I, I, yeah, I'm a jewel. I mean, I would be a jeweler, um, uh -huh. but that's, that's the professional term. Yeah. And you've actually taken those skills and you've sort of applied it to Magic the Gathering, not just in your cosplay, although I know you have like a Mox Amber that yes, I've seen pictures of that's like Amber. insane. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you're on YouTube right now, you're looking at the Mox Amber. She built like a real yeah. one. <laughs> but you're also doing these amazing, um, these cards, these metal cards. Yeah, um, I've been making those. They take much more time than I, I wish they did because it would be nice to make a few more of them. Uh, I've been making those just actually got inspired by Jimmy when he was saying that Marchez is his favorite deck and he, you guys were at uh, GP Las, Las Vegas last year in uh, 17. And you guys were talking about, oh, how commander players always end up tricking out their decks. And once you get a good one, you just want to make it amazing. I thought that would be a cool idea. So got a piece of steel and then carved out uh, composite Marchesa art and put all the text in and had this big piece of metal. It was like, all right, this would be pretty sweet in the command zone. It is really <laughs> sweet in the command zone. Um, again, if you're on YouTube, you're looking at the picture of it right now, I'm sure. And it is an amazing piece. Uh, I'm still waiting for mine one of these days. I promise it's coming. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Quit Olivia, calling where, me out, Josh. <laughs> I'm sure everybody right now is, how do I talk to Olivia? Because I want one of these. How do they get in touch with you? They get in touch with me on Twitter. Um, I have a handle specifically for that, as long as everybody's aware that there is a list of commissions ahead of them. And it might be a little while before I get back. I promise I will answer everybody. Um, but at Metal Cardboard is where all the metalworking stuff is. And people can send me inquiries or ask me questions. All right, at Metal Cardboard. Make mm -hmm. sure to go check out her stuff because it is mm -hmm. awesome. Okay, before we get into our preview card here and breaking down a little bit the deck that Olivia built, we want to talk about our sponsors. If you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and use that affiliate link right now, you can order Guilds of Ravnica stuff. You can pre-order it. Singles, sealed product, all that stuff. And, you know, we always say this. You're going to be buying that stuff anyway. You're you're listening to a Magic the Gathering sh you know, podcast on YouTube. You're probably buying Magic cards. If you just use that affiliate link when you do it, you're simultaneously getting the cards you want and supporting the content that you love, and we super appreciate it. And once you get those cards, you're going to want to protect them, and one of the best ways to do that is with Ultra Pro products. In fact, we've been showing off the guild-themed uh, sleeves that Ultra Pro has come out with for this set specifically. I just love them. They're so simple and elegant. They just have, they're just two color. They have like a green background and a white Celestia symbol or something like that. And they are perfect not only for the new decks you're going to build, but the two color decks that you already have. So make sure you check out Ultra Pro stuff. They are using that Eclipse technology, that super durability on their sleeves, even in these printed sleeves now. So you can be sure that they're going to last a really long time. And the final way to support the show is on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we have a patron as a special guest on this episode. Olivia is a patron of the show. Uh, we did we do call out one lucky patron every single episode, and Olivia, it really should be you. But since you're a guest, we're going to name another one. This Please episode, do. yeah, exactly. Yeah, this episode I feel like I'm is getting dedicated an honor to, <laughs> and this episode is dedicated to Samuel Fowler. Samuel, you, you rock. rock. Okay, so we're gonna talk. I'm gonna read the card, and then we're gonna talk about the deck that. Olivia built and is going to be playing on the next game nights. Um, I want to say we're not going to do an entire full deck tech for this. We just don't have time today. But we are going to do a quick um, a quick look at the deck, and then you will be able to see it in action again on September 26th on game nights. So the card is Etrada, 
the silencer. It's two, a blue, and a black for a legendary creature vampire assassin. She's a 3-5. Four mana 3-5 seems pretty good already. She also looks sweet. Yes, um, she does. Yeah, this this is a potential cosplay for you. In the, I'm not telling what to do. You do you. you, do you. I, I don't actually know how hard anything is to do, but this doesn't look ridiculous. <laughs> so you should do the most complicated thing. It yeah. looks really easy on the art. <laughs> uh, okay. Atrata the Silencer, again, four mana for a 3-5 vampire assassin. It says, Atrata the Silencer cannot be blocked. Can't be blocked. 3-5 can't be blocked. And then it says, whenever Atrata deals combat damage to a player, exile target creature that player controls and put a hit counter on that card. That player loses the game if they own three or more exiled cards with hit counters on them. And then it says, Etrada's owner shuffles Etrada into their library. A lot going on with this card. I'm going to recap. She can't be blocked. Whenever she does combat damage, you pick one of the creatures of the person you hit and you exile it with a hit counter on it. Then if that player ever has three cards in exile with hit counters on it, then they lose the game just on the spot. And then every time you you do this, though, Etrada's owner shuffles Etrada into their library. So this is any time a hit counter is placed, not just when somebody wins the game with Etrada. Is that correct, Olivia? Right. Well, actually, it's whenever I think the the whole sequence is combat damage. If that happens, then she has to get bounced. Um, so th- this is kind of nuts. Like, I don't <laughs> even know what to make of this card exactly. When you saw it, like, what were you... Cause, if people don't know the way game nights kind of works in general is that we choose our guests and then we, in in some sets, there's many choices. And this is one of them where there's a number of legendary creatures, but there's only going to be four players in the game. And so we actually, you know, say to the guests, okay, first come first serve, you guys get to pick who you want to play. And <laughs> Olivia, you chose Atrada. Yes. So, you know, can you talk about when you looked at the card, what you were thinking, what drew you to it, you know, that, that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing that I saw was Demir, which is obviously a guild I love. So I, You're like, I can play Psychonic, Psychonic Rift in that deck. So. <laughs> I'm really getting known for that, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's actually one of the things is it was the only one where I saw blue and I figured I didn't want it played against me, so I should just take it. <laughs> uh, it's funny, though, when I actually saw Trata, I made it through the first three steps of the triggered ability and didn't actually read the fourth before I emailed you and said, hey, this is the one I want. So the I was reading it again, the, the library s- thing. Yeah. As I was reading it again the second time, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> well." That makes it a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. So but after you I saw figured that, figured out some a pretty interesting ways around that little downside, which I thought was really smart. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but it, it it it's a downside for sure. But it's something oh, that yeah. I think you found some cool ways around. Did you think the card seemed powerful when you saw it, or were you just drawn to the fact that it's it's very interesting? No, I, I did think it was powerful. Um, being a 3-5, it can stand up to a lot of removals. There's not a lot that's going to get rid of it as soon as it hits the battlefield. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of state-based effects that are going to you know get rid of her. So that was something that was appealing, is that if you're paying four and then having to pay six, having to pay eight in you know potentially really rapid succession, I don't want her coming off the battlefield easily. Right. So that was definitely something for me. Um, the win con was seemed a little far-fetched, but that's like we're going to get into. That's why I kind of picked what I did as far as building the deck. But uh, between Demir Colors, which I'm pretty comfortable playing, and being able to stay out and have a really good chance of staying out, I figured that would be a good way to go. 
Yeah, and I think that just the removal aspect of her is easy. It's easy to sort of have tunnel vision on the win condition, yeah. <laughs> but you don't it have is. to win that way. Mm -mm, she can just no. be a creature that can sort of easily remove somebody else's creature if you need to, right? Because you don't have to necessarily exile three of their creatures and win that way. You can just be like, uh, I kind of got to get rid of that creature right now. I'm going to attack you. Can't be blocked. I'm going to put a hit counter and exile that creature. For sure. But, but what I'm really trying to do is exile it. I'm not so worried about getting three hit counters on your stuff. Yeah, and you know, when you when you have decks that may or may not be able to pull stuff out of a graveyard, sometimes exiling it is a great way to get rid of it and never see it again and it's no longer a threat, it's no longer a concern. So even if that win con isn't gonna come into play necessarily, being able to get three counters, being able to get rid of something pretty much permanently is is a really nice thing to have. Yeah, re recurrable or repeatable exiles does seem good. Awesome. But come on, the alternate win condition, get so three sweet. hit counters, <laughs> three strikes, you're out. Atrata is going to silence you. Yeah. Let's talk about, I mean, I don't think you could really build the deck without trying to do that, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, that was the first thing I saw is, okay, well, I've got to try for this. I have yeah. to try for this win con because it's awesome. Okay, so let's talk about the strategy that you came up with right. to try and make that happen because it seems very slow. I mean, if you just look at it yeah. at the card, you're like, okay, I got a player. I got to wait because of summoning sickness. Then I got to attack once, exile a creature, untap, attack again, exile a creature, untap, attack again, exile yep. a creature. And that's not yep. even counting the fact that every time I do that, I have to shuffle her into my library. Now, right. you can choose to put her into the command zone. Right. Uh, she gets taxed then. Right. So you, you can sort of attack once, exile a creature, put her into the command zone, now recast her for six. That's the problem is you have to be drowning in mana to yeah. cast her from the command zone each time unless you have some kind of really crazy cheat. Yeah, because so. it's attack again, second hit counter, then cast her for eight. And, oh, exactly. and maybe they have finally figured out, because that's the only thing with the Trotta is you can see her coming. Right. Like, you get to read the card in the command zone, you know when she's coming out that her point is to get something off the board. So she can get targeted really fast because of that. Um, I mean, once you have two hit counters, you're like, I'm, I have to just save that everything. That is no longer coming out. I'm not going to stand for it. Exactly. <laughs> or you could even go the route of like, I'm not casting another creature so that you can't put a hit There's counter. There's nothing on to exile. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So you so, kind of are trying to figure out a way to, to make it more explosive, kind of get right. them out of nowhere. Yeah. So the, the goal there was just to make a lot of her mm -hmm. um, being in blue that made it helpful and made it easy. So it was, as soon as I saw that, like, okay, instead of trying to constantly be bringing her back or throwing her into the library and just constantly tutoring for her, I mean, the card shuffle, uh, the library shuffle would be nice, but instead of trying to constantly bring her back out onto the battlefields, like, why not just have a lot of her out at once? So yeah, that seems that seems good. My, I mean, my right. only thought is, but Olivia, she's legendary. Of course, but Helm of the Host makes non-legendary copies. <laughs> that is a really good point and one of it the does. key cards in your deck, right? Yes, Helm of the Host and Mirror Gallery was the other one in case I couldn't get that out. Okay, so let me read those two cards really quick just Absolutely. so people can be on the same page. So Helm of the Host is a four mana equipment legendary artifact. It says, uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped creature, except the token isn't legendary if equipped creature is legendary, and that token gains haste, and then it costs five to equip. So if you put this on Atrata, at the beginning of combat, you're going to make a token copy of Atrata that's right. not legendary, so you can have two. Also, it has haste. 
Also, a lot of people don't realize this, but Helm of the Host tokens don't go away at end of turn, so they'll just keep racking up. Right. And then Mirror Gallery serves a similar function. Mirror Gallery is a five-mana artifact, and it just says the legend rule doesn't apply. So it just means you can have as many legends as anybody can. It's symmetrical to your opponents, too. Right. Doesn't, doesn't tend to ever come up because nobody builds their deck with this in mind. But this <laughs> would just allow you to create more copies of Etrata yeah. uh, at will. So you've got a couple of cards here that you have a number of cards that will copy Atrata, but there are kind of a couple of big ones, I'd say. Right. Yeah. So it was um, Blade of Selves was definitely one. And then uh, Rite of Replication was another. So Rite of Replication just kind of makes five copies of something. Uh, that's pretty simple to understand. Blade of Selves right. <laughs> actually is an equipment that equips and gives the creature Myriad. And Myriad is when you attack with it, you make a token copy that's attacking each other player as well. So let's say I'm in a game and it's Olivia, Jimmy, and DJ. If I attack Olivia with a Blade of Selves Etrata, and you have to have Mirror Gallery out to do right. this, right? Right, absolutely. Uh, then it'll make a copy that's attacking Jimmy and attacking DJ also. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's like really exile cool. everybody's stuff, get hit counters on it. Exactly. Like, and if yeah. you can have right of replication out, the really crazy thing is if they don't have an answer to an unblockable six unblockable Atratas, you can take out two people. Yeah, you just go right of replication, attack you with everything. Yep. Or attack you with three and you with three, and yep. that's kind of game. Yay! Bye. <laughs> Right. That's pretty so, cool. I like that explosiveness. Yeah, that's so even though she herself, like the card tax, the rules that are there are slow, there are ways to get around that. You just have to have a, a couple pieces in place for it to happen. And then I like that you have some stuff in there that gives haste or kind of, of gives you the ability to uh, act quickly or be surprising. Right. So Swift and, Foot Boots is in here, yeah, of course. Of course. And my favorite card. The Delkin Ori. That's why she's on the show, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ori and Ripped together forever. It's very forever. easy to, to get onto the command zone. All you got to do is sing the praises of the Delkin Ori, and you're Listen, in. Listen, I'm 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 a Delkin Ori enthusiast just as much as I am, if not more so than Cyclonic Ripped. So you also have to be able to make cool metal cards, also. So that's just that's. that's I feel like I'm I'm being personally attacked here on you not having one yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. I mean, Jimmy has one and I don't, but not That's at true. all. Uh, yeah, all. okay, yeah, no, not ready to no. <laughs> Okay, this is all really cool, but there's also kind of another problem, and it's that I'm still going to have to shuffle Atrata into my library. So what? What if I Blade of Selves her and attack, the original will still have to be shuffled into my library. Right. So, so how do I get around that? You came up with some really interesting ways. Yeah. Um, mainly what I was looking at was having Crystal Shard and Erratic Portal out or having Deadeye Navigator soulbound with Atrata so that whenever her triggered ability goes on the stack, I can bounce her out and that won't apply to her once it resolves. Yeah, that's really, really smart. So you have kind of a bunch of recurrable bounce effects or blink effects. Uh, and the way this works, everybody, is Atrata attacks, deals the combat damage, then the way this is all ordered, you target a creature to exile with a hit counter on it, and that's going to cause a Trotta to be shuffled into the library. But those are triggers. Yes. So when those triggers go onto the stack, you can use something like Erratic Portal, which is a four-mana artifact that you pay one and tap it and return target creature to its owner's hand unless controller pays one mana. And you just target a Trotta and say, I'm not going to pay the one mana. And now a Trotta, re yeah, a Trotta returns to your hand... 
but the exile and the hit counter still happen because they're on the stack. Yep. But she can't be shuffled because she's in your hand now. And then now you don't even have to pay the commander tax. You just recast her for four. Exactly. And um, Crystal Shard does sort of an impression of this. And Dead Eye Navigator is, most people know it, but it allows you to sort of blink the creature. So you can exile this creature, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Right. And that's actually even better, right? Because you don't have to oh, recast the Trata. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you get to course, pay two instead of four. Yeah, I'll take that every time. Yeah, newsflash, everybody. N Dead Eye Navigator, pretty good card. Real uh, good card. <laughs> but a smart usage here that I'm not sure I would have thought of. So I like this. And it's a way to kind of get around that shuffle into your library effect. Right. And have her ready to swing again right away the next turn. And that's, and I mean, part of that, you know, another card I had in there was Teferi to just kind of keep people from uh, casting stuff on my turn so they couldn't, mm -hmm. like, keep me from exiling her or counter something or, you know, uh, I know there are cards that would be able to basically counter his activate, uh, Dead Eyes activated ability and mm -hmm. I'd lose a Trata. I don't want to do that. Um, so all of those things were present too to try and mitigate that and not let people, you know, get in my way of letting this combo happen. Pretty cool. Pretty scary. It's the kind of deck I think where people will be like, see a Trata. Okay, I can take one or two hits. Honestly, I'll maybe I'll see that coming from a mile away, and then you go boom, right. boom, attack you with three of them right away, and they're like, "What?" Dead. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, the trick is you have to make sure they have enough creatures for that to work. But um, which is one of the nicer parts that it's a little bit synergistic, in as much as it might take people a minute to get creatures on the board. That's fine. It might take a minute to get the pieces in place to let her swing and knock them out in one fell swoop. Yeah, that's a really good point. You, you they need to have three creatures, otherwise you, you can't got to. Do Other, it. I mean, it's great to do you know nine damage, otherwise, but why not just take them out? <laughs> why not just take them out? Uh, okay, so we're again, like I said, this is just our preview card episode, so we're not going to break down the entire deck. However, you will be able to see the deck in action again on September twenty sixth on that episode of Game Nights, and the deck list will be available uh, that Olivia put together will be available in the show notes at that point. There's a couple of things that I wanted to throw in here. And Olivia, I didn't cheat before we played on game nights and really study your list or anything. So you might have some of this in here. <laughs> but I wanted to throw out some thoughts I had when I saw the card initially. Because mm -hmm. um, I like everything you came up with here as far as making a bunch of her and whatever. I also thought like there are there is an upside to commanders that are inherently unblockable. Yeah. I like like the sword sort of. So, like Feast and Famine seems great here. Fire and Ice. Because you're going to hit, you're going to connect. Absolutely. So you're going to get those extra things. I also thought, you know, I always look for places to play mechanics that don't have a lot of chances in other archetypes. And I thought this might be a chance for something like Cypher, the mechanic, to really shine. And Cypher yeah. is a mechanic where you cast it, it has an effect, and then it sort of becomes an enchantment on a creature that triggers when you deal combat damage. So, for instance, there's a card called Hidden Strings, and it's one in a blue for a sorcery. And it says you may tap or untap target permanent. Then you may tap or untap another target permanent. So you either get to tap two things, untap two things, or tap one thing and untap another. I guess you could maybe do the same thing. No, it says another. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds weird, but it's kind of ramp, right? You can cast it and untap like a Gilded Lotus and, and a land. Right. And then you can put it onto a Trotta. It ciphers onto her because it has Cypher. And then what that means is you exile this spell and uh, encode it on a creature you control. And whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, its controller may cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost. That means now when a Trotta deals damage to anybody, 
you get to tap something and untap it. And so you can kind of get extra value there. That that that's going to go away when the um, bouncing right. And the that was what I was going to say. I yeah. I'd actually considered a bunch of cipher cards because of that. I was like, well, I know that she's getting through no matter what. And then looking at it, it was like, as soon as she gets through, I'm gonna I I get the ability once and then I lose it. And I felt maybe I could get something else instead. That if again, like put in a right replication. I know it costs more than probably any cipher card by a long shot, but. Well, that that's was a game my winner. one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was like a I'm definitely not saying take out right of replication. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thought thing I thought about was ninjutsu. So ninjutsu could sort of solve a dual role here because I think the deck could be in a position where like they don't have enough creatures or you're just kind of in trouble, right? Like sometimes that happens. You got to plan for your deck, but however the game rolled out, your main plan is just not online or it's not working right now. And ninjutsu could give you some maybe options when you're playing to pivot and get value instead of, you know, going for that win condition. So like Ninja of the Deep Hours, Ninjutsu, sorry, is an ability on a creature that cares about um, an, you having an unblocked attacker. So if you, I'll read Ninja of the Deep Hours. It's confusing, <laughs> I know. Okay, it's three and a blue for a two-two human ninja, has Ninjutsu for one and a blue, which means you can pay one and a blue and return an unblocked attacker you control to hand. And then you put this card onto the battlefield from your hand tapped and attacking. And it says, whenever Ninja of the Deep Hours deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. You may remember that uh, the professor used this in one of our episodes um, with Melissa DeTora. That's right, yeah. And this is actually an ability in Ninjutsu that could also work for your sort of bounce Atrata to your hand thing because... Even after damage is dealt and the triggers have gone on the stack, that's still an attacker that's unblocked. Right. And so for one in a blue, you could bounce it back to your hand, put the ninja into play, and yeah, the ninja's not going to deal damage and draw the card, but you're using it as a bounce spell in that case. But sometimes you're like, I'd rather have a card. I'm going to ninjutsu in Ninja of the Deep Hours before right. damage, let it deal it, and draw. Uh, that's that's another thing I could say. And Ninja of the Deep Hours is not a bad creature to have a Helm of the Host or a um, Ooh, yeah. Blade of Selves on. So... Ninjutsu was something that came to mind to me, you know, as possibility for this deck. Again, I, I don't know for sure what uh, Olivia's got in there, but that that came to my head. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of avenues that you can go with a commander like this. Um, I picked one that may have been obvious or less obvious, but I think that there's actually having her do what she does, having that exile ability, um, being able to almost always get through. There's there's a lot of tricks you can you can pull with this. Yeah, I think the one you picked was not necessarily obvious. It wasn't the thing that came to mind when I saw it. So I really like commanders like that, right? Where like you see it, yeah, and <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is a path I want to go down. And I see it, and I see this path, and somebody else sees it, and they see this path, and that's kind of what makes the format so great. And those are it's, some of my it's favorite my favorite commanders. thing about commander is that you can have the same commander across four people and have four completely different decks. Yeah, I mean, of course, there are still awesome fun decks that are basically built the same right. by everybody. But yeah, I do like commanders like this. And I think Atrata is definitely one where you have to give it a lot of thought and consideration. It's yeah. not just obvious from the start. So kudos to you, Olivia, Thank for you. choosing a tough commander to build around or, or an interesting one. And uh, we'll, we'll, take have interesting. <laughs> we'll have to see how that plays out in game nights. Um, okay, that's going to do it for our preview card here, our preview card discussion. Oh, I wanted to say something. 
because I said this at the panel in PAX, but there wasn't a lot of people there and it wasn't streamed. So, but it's information that's out in the world. So we're not revealing who the other two guests are or what the decks they're playing, but mine has been revealed. I mentioned it at PAX. So I'm going to be playing Amara, Soul of the Accord, in that uh, in that game on game night. So yes, it's green and a white for a 2-2 Elf Cleric. Whenever Amara, Soul of the Accord, becomes tapped, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token with lifelink. I won't talk Wait, about Selesnia and tokens, Josh. Who knew? That's who crazy knew? talk. <laughs> this is what happens when you let everyone else pick first. <laughs> everyone takes the cool, interesting stuff. We like did a take Trotta. the fun stuff to drink. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm building a token deck. It turned out to be a fun deck. I think. Well, again, you're gonna have to wait to see game nights to see how that all plays out. Okay, to the listeners, what do you think of Atrada? What direction would you take this deck? What would you do differently maybe than Olivia or myself would do uh, when you're building it? I think this is going to be a really interesting one because, again, you can go so many different ways with it. And uh, if you do want to build that deck, whichever one you come up with, you should go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone to order those cards because when you use that affiliate link, you're supporting Game Nights, you're supporting the command zone and all of our content. We super appreciate it. Make sure when you get those cards back home, you stick them in those awesome Eclipse sleeves (laughs) or the new guild uh symbol sleeves they are yeah really those sweet. guild symbol sleeves were, were definitely sweet oh yeah they're yeah. i was like when ultra pro sent them to us i was like well can't we get like four packages of each like i got uh, i got like, one I of each more I than give one them green white deck <laughs> yeah i was like come on i need a lot of is it sleeves okay and simic i need a, like 50 packages of that hey simic isn't this set so hold your horses <laughs> no i still need them i have a lot of well, simic <laughs> okay Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Olivia, I'm told you have a couple of cool things, maybe? I have two cool things. One is wildly specific to me and probably a few other people. Um, I got (laughs) the master engraver I trained under to learn how to do all the like card art stuff. Um, Just came out with a book, so I'm really excited. I get to go through that. This is the person that has to do with um, being a jeweler? Uh, no, with having to, well, yes, kind of, uh, for the actual like carving that I did on like the Marchesa card and everything like that. That's a kind of a, a trade within the trade. Uh-huh. So I trained under this guy and he just came out with a book with a bunch of like new scroll work. And so I'm going to be studying that meticulously. What's the book called? Um, yeah, it's amazing. The other thing is, uh, wait, wait, I'm wait, just, what's the name of the book? Oh, it's just scroll work and ornamental design for artisans, engravers, tattooists, and designers. <laughs> Wow. Very prolific. Oh, that's interesting, actually, that all those things are related, like tattoo artists. They are, I mean, a lot sense. of, like, tattoo people will have cool scroll work on stuff. So he's got some some neat designs. So I'm really excited to dive in that. And then the other thing is when I'm not making stuff out of metal or building more cosplays, um, I've been having a lot of fun with a game, Graveyard Keeper. It's Stardew Valley, but with corpses. Graveyard Keeper. I've never yes. heard of it. It's, if you like, if you can... Do like Stardew Valley, Harvest Moon kind of stuff. So it's in the same vein as that, um, but it's really fun. I am just super into it and keep playing it and finding myself on there when I have a spare minute. So That's the last thing I need is something to take away my time. It's really fun though. I'm, yeah, yeah, no, it sounds fun. <laughs> I, I need to check it out. All right. Uh, something you all out there should check out is the Masters of Modern podcast because Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at Collected.Company. They're also doing YouTube videos. So if you just type Masters of Modern into your search bar, they're definitely going to pop up. (laughs) And a big thanks to our editor, who is Josh Murphy. Murph, 
is killing it, doing a good job. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the living card animations that begin and end uh, each of our shows and also are usually behind me and DJ or Jimmy, whoever else is here uh, in all the episodes like this one, which again, I don't know what card it is, but it's a cool sunset. And did, did he did the one for our Game Nights episode too, right? He did, which that one was um, sweet. It is going to be sweet. It's a. I don't sweet. think that card has been released yet, but I, the art is from Guilds of Ravnica, and it's awesome. Right. Yeah. Zippity zip. <laughs> we'll talk about Not it officially. <laughs> it's always hard because I'm like, I know there's so many cool things you want to talk about that we kind of know in advance. So. And I know your car, your deck, your uh, your Atrata deck has a few new cards from Guilds of Ravnica in it because yes. I saw them in play, but we will just have to wait and see. Again, September 26th, the new game night's featuring Olivia playing that Etrata deck. Make sure you tune in. Olivia, thank you for coming on the show. We really yes, appreciate it. thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, everybody. Oh, uh, where can people find you on the social medias and, and whatnot? Um, know... My last... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say we, we know that... Um, is it metal into cardboard? Metal cardboard, just all one word. Metal car- cardboard is, is mm-hmm. one way to find you, but you also have right. a, a personal Twitter that's actually yeah. a lot of fun because you're always at gps and stuff where I'm i am you get to see the world through my twitter <laughs> um that's just my last name it's at go bear hicks g-o-b-e-r-t-h-i-c-k-s all right make sure to go give olivia a follow okay everybody thanks for listening and we'll see you next time take care For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.